Charlie. Mark, one Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. He minus 37 seconds. Fight with growing equals MC. That all men are created equal. About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another amazing episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host for today, Ryan Treasure. And of course, we always like to bring you the goods, the awesome sauce, all of those fantastic uh, tidbits and nuggets that you want to hear. And we're going to keep on that train today as we talk about a very interesting topic. And for those of you who have uh, homes and kids and animals and I guess lives, we're all dealing with the idea of how do we keep everything clutter free? Why? Why do I have so much clutter in the first place, right? What is it even there for? I don't know. <laughs> this thing's been sitting in my closet for five years. I've never used it, but I keep it. I don't know. So we're going to talk today about the real reasons that you can't break free of your clutter with author Tracy McCubbin, who is the author of a book that's going to be releasing in June. So we get this nice interview before the book is even out. Tracy, Tracy's the author of Making Space Clutter-Free, the last book that you'll ever need, uh, releasing on June 4th. And she has always referred to herself as the obsessive, compulsive, delightful. So the delightful <laughs> Tracy McCubbin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. I'm so excited to be here and talk um, all things. I love I just love this idea of, you know, taking a sort of smaller idea and figuring out how it can touch everybody. You know, that's the conversation in the space right now is so much like, well, why should I? Everyone's talking about decluttering. Like, why should I declutter or how do I do it? So I'm always looking for a little different audience to get my message out. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, finding your frequency audience is extremely keen to, you know, a lot of the. Uh, items in our everyday lives that cause us grief. You know, we've done shows on loss, uh, grief, uh, childhood, uh, uh, screen time, you know, all of these, you know, kind of different things uh, that that people look at in their daily lives. And I think don't really get into the the completeness of those things and understanding, you know, why people act the way that they do and why people do some of the things that they do. And I think a lot of that uh, is the same with clutter, right? I mean, there's some, some reasons why we keep this clutter, keep this stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, so many times a client will say to me, you know, I don't know when this happened. Like, I don't know how my house got so cluttered. Like, it didn't, I didn't used to be like this. And, you know, I think that there's, I think that there's a couple things that we don't realize. I, I think that there are ex external forces working against us. You know, it's never been easier to shop, right? You don't even have to go to a store anymore. I mean, I live in LA and I can, there are lots of things on Amazon I can order in the morning and they're delivered to me by the afternoon. So I, I just did that just yesterday. I just did that yesterday. My, my wife is my wife is putting together a a, a small fifteen gallon saltwater fish tank. Uh, I had I had a seventy five gallon freshwater tank that we sold. I'm like, this thing is huge. 
I am so done cleaning this thing all the time. I'm selling it. So I cleaned it all up and I sold it. And uh, my, my daughter really likes fish. And so we, we kind of came to the conclusion um, that dad is no longer taking care of the fish because dad doesn't want to do that anymore. And that if the other rest of the family would like to have a fish, they are responsible for for setting up the tank and taking care of it and I'm walking away basically. <laughs> right? right. And all completely reasonable. Like yeah. it's, you know, look, if you want this stuff, you need to be responsible for it. And but you know, in the old days, old days, but ten years ago, five years ago, <laughs> if you wanted to do that, it was a Saturday morning, right? You'd like you get up, you go to the fish store, you buy the tank, you go to, you know, you maybe have to go to two different places. And now it's just a click of the button and yeah. it's a dopamine hit and it shows up. So it's And it's never at your it's been, at your door by the time you get home from work or get done with the gym or whatever it is that you that you do during the day, right? Exactly. So it's never been easier to acquire. It's just and stuff's never been cheaper on top of it. So, you know, there's that. We're just being stuff is just being foisted upon us. And then, you know, there's this interesting thing I realized the other day that when you you know, in the old, again, the old days, but before streaming TV, you had your appointment TV, right? So you'd come home after work and you know, oh, my show was on at nine o'clock. I'm going to watch it then. So you'd use that hour between dinner and your show being on to sort of tidy up your house and put things away. And now you can watch what you watch whenever you want to watch it. So all of a sudden, your sort of what I call like your chore time, the time that you used to do your chores has just completely evaporated. So you're like, why is my house so messy? Why am I not getting things away? And yeah, I think that routine, that- you, you get into a routine. My wife and I were having this discussion just the other day and I'm like, you know, we've gotten out of our routine. You know, we come home and it's like, you know, homework and that stuff. And once we get to that space to, you know, at dinner time or whatever it is, all of that after work time, after homework time becomes basically free for all time because you can, you can go and watch whatever you want, whenever you want. So there's no structure really around a lot of your day-to-day items other than the pieces that are structured, right? I got to get up in the morning. I have to get dressed. I have to go to work, right? Those things. But after you get done with all that stuff, it's just like, all right, I got six hours to kill before bedtime, right? And you're like, you you, you can clean up a mess, make a mess. Exactly. Well, and I think that we, I think that what, what I see happening in, in our culture right now is that there's this, you know, there's this inundation of stuff, right? Like stuff's never been cheaper, easier to get. And then how we live our lives is changing so much. It's like, we all make time or, you know, most of us try to make time to go to the gym and we know we've got to schedule that. But it's like, we, I think of kind of staying on top of clutter and staying on top of our stuff is something that we have to schedule in and we have to make it part of our routine and like I need to spend a little time doing this and I just think we're not doing it and we're all so busy and we're all juggling everything and you know something's got to give like you said like what are you know we do the homework and we do get ready for work the next day and you know that time to put our house back to order so that when we wake up the next morning getting dressed and going to work or getting the kids out the door is easy that just dissipates and look that's you know, that's the basis of all of this for me. It's not about, I don't want people to have a perfect house that looks fantastic on Instagram. 
I want you to have a house that you're happy in and that works for you. So that making lunches for school is easy. Getting dressed in the morning is easy. Like just making your life easier. Yeah, you can't can't manage your stuff. You can't make dinner, breakfast or any of that stuff if your kitchen is just a cluttery mess. It's it's insane. And I got to be honest, that's like my hugest pet peeve. I like to cook. My wife likes to cook, right? All of us like to cook, but nobody likes to clean up after they're done. It's just, just the way that it is. We all like to get to the point of eating where you're satisfied with what you've created. But then you're like, oh, wait, there's more. I got to clean up the dishes and do all that. And that has got to be one of my biggest pet peeves is coming into the kitchen ready to slay this awesome meal and then going, oh, I got to do the dishes from yesterday first. (laughs) Right. They did a study, which was fascinating. They did a study of people, people who lived in extremely cluttered kitchens were 75 percent more likely to be overweight because they weren't. They weren't, you know, they didn't want to cook. They weren't cooking healthy food or it was so cluttered that they're like, oh, we'll just go through the drive through, you know, that there's these long reaching ramifications of our clutter that we're not putting together as a society. And I think we're hitting a breaking point. And that's why I think that everybody is, um, you know, is reading all these decluttering books and wants more information, is looking for like, this isn't working for me. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. Um, And I get so many people saying to me, like, I don't know how to get on top of it. Like, what's going on here? And I am. And for me, and, you know, I've done this for 12 years now. I've worked with thousands of clients. And I think the piece that's missing is people aren't looking at the emotional component of it. You know, that I in writing in working with these clients for all these years, I saw these commonalities, right? I saw these same things coming up that people were, you know, keeping all their stuff that they were very sentimental about or the stuff from someone who'd passed away. And I noticed that there were these seven emotional blocks and that's what inspired me to write this book. I was like, I've seen thousands of people with this. These These can't be just little pockets. Like this must be happening to everybody. And so many people come up to me, you know, that have started to read the book and say like, I thought you were talking to me. I thought you were talking about me. No one's understood, um, you know, no one's understood the weight I feel because I have all this stuff that I inherited from my grandparents. So I'm, you know, I'm excited to help people kind of crack the code and see that there's something bigger at work than just, you know, people go, well, I guess I'm just lazy. And it's like, no, 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 you're not just lazy. This is something yeah. deeper. Well, because if people were just lazy, there would be a whole myriad of other things that they didn't do. You know what I mean? Right, right. Right. So because if you're lazy, you're like, oh, I'm not going to wash my car. I'm not going to do this. Right. I'm not going to do that. Whatever. Right. And so I, I totally understand what you're saying, because I, I walk through my garage. I, I ride a motorcycle. So I park. I'm, I'm in the garage a lot. I park my motorcycle in the garage. And so um, a lot of times when I'm pulling into the garage, I notice, oh, man, I got a lot of stuff in this garage. And I'm constantly telling myself oh I need to clean out the garage I need to clean out the garage and then I get to the point of where I'm going to clean out the garage and then I realize why I haven't cleaned out the garage right and the reason why is because when my my wife's grandmother passed away they sold her house we went over to the house boxed everything up and her dad was like hey make sure you you know keep the things that are sentimental and important to you so that way you have them and then I'm gonna do like an estate sale or something like that and get rid of all the rest of the stuff in the house before we sell it and so and then I realize I'm like this whole section of my 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 garage which isn't like crazy you know uh, cluttery but you know all the shelves are full uh, and I go I go ah I haven't cleaned it up because I my wife doesn't know what she wants to do with this stuff from her grandma and I haven't mustered the uh, the sense I guess to 
have a conversation with her about it because I know how emotional it is for her. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's one of the biggest, that's actually clutter block number six, you know, in my book, it's trapped with other people's stuff that the, you know, that your wife is going to, in looking at this stuff and making these decisions, all these things are going to occur for her. She's going to have to confront losing her grandmother again. She's going to feel the grief again. She's going to have to make a decision. What if I let it go? You know, she wanted me to have it. It's so complicated and we imbue so much meaning on it that it, it just, we just become paralyzed. It's like, well, I'm just going to keep it. It doesn't matter that my whole garage is full of it. I can't, I can't deal. And you know, what I like to point out to people is that you're keeping all this stuff from your grandmother, but you're not enjoying it. It's boxed up in the garage. You know, you're not seeing it and being reminded of her on a daily basis. You're actually just at this point, you know, and who knows if it was boxed correctly, if it's being safe. It's just it's just also become this burden in your life that you have to deal with or ignore, you know, instead of like if something's got unboxed and she's like, oh, this vase reminds me of my grandmother and she looked at it every day, she would be having a real human interaction and having a great memory. But instead, it's taking up your garage and then you're like, oh, I got to declutter and it turns into this whole cycle. Yeah. And I'm a guy, I just walk through the house and throw stuff away. Like I'm so bad. My daughter and my my (laughs) wife, they get so angry at me. My daughter will be like, dad, why did you throw that away? And I'm like, it's been sitting in the same place for five days. Nobody has touched it. You haven't played with this. You haven't done anything with it. And it's one of two things. It's either garbage or it's getting donated to Goodwill. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely and sometimes you know sometimes that's a reaction of like no one's dealing with this like you know my grandmother used to always say and I it's a tenant of my business is like don't put it down put it away like if you (laughs) want something put it where it belongs so a it's out of the way b you know where to get it when you want it the next time. It's just like, where's that fi- thing, I right? I have a five-year-old right now. I'm totally, that's like my whole world. It's just like, okay, great. You played with the blocks. Now let's put them away. Oh, hey, Marley was my daughter's name. Do you know where the whatever is that you like to play with? No, I don't know where it is. Well, where'd you put it? I don't know. I'm like, oh, well, right. if you put the right. things away where they're supposed to go, then you will always know where they are. I said, do you know, and I'll ask her, do you know where my flashlight is? She goes, oh yeah, it's in the drawer over there. I'm like, yeah, because I put it away. You should know where your stuff is like that too. I try to use examples and we're, we're, we're working through that. But I mean, it does the, the cluttering and those things, those are all things that, you know, parents need to start teaching children at a young age and making them responsible for their own stuffs, uh, their own stuff, because if you don't do that, you end up with a non a, a not properly functioning adult that's messy or or, or yeah. whatever. Right? And look, you gotta you gotta learn like pack your own parachute, man. Like you gotta <laughs> take care of yourself. And and you know what I think that it what I see happen in families is that it becomes this fight of like you need to pick up your room, and it's like yes, but here's why exactly what you said. Like when you want to play with a toy or you want to find a book, you know exactly where it is. So that whole you know, meltdown about where's my, you know, I don't even know what the kids are playing with these days, but you know, where are my, where are my Legos? You know exactly where they are and you're accountable and responsible for them. Oh, those pesky Legos. Yeah. Legos, Legos, which are just, you know, I think bottom of the foot death traps. Yeah, that's the, that's the, my, my daughter really loves um, like tangible block toys and I don't, there's these other magnetic things that she plays with too. She like builds little castles and whatever, but oh, she yeah, does, she, things yeah, and she, she does a pretty good job of putting most of them away, but there's always a rogue something that I step on 
Uh-huh. Always. <laughs> Usually in the middle of the night when your feet are really tender. And that's why I just throw stuff away. Dad's just jaded, right? I'm just like, ah, I don't want to just get, nope, I'm stepped on it twice. It's gone. <laughs> well, and also, you know, more is going to come in the next birthday, the next holiday, like the just the inundation of stuff that's going to come. You're well, like, well, and let, let's, let's talk about that. I mean, we were, we kind of, I, I believe, touched a little bit on that in, in the beginning part of the interview uh, before we started actually recording. But, you know, we, you were, you were giving me a statistic of, you know, you, you start out with X amount of stuff and then you get married and then you have a kid. And by the time that whole process gets done, you have now increased your stuff by how much fold? So uh, UCLA did this big study about modern families, and they found that with every child you introduce into your household, you increase your possessions by 30%. And if you add a second child, it's not like it goes down. It's another 30%. So family with three kids can increase their possessions by 90%. I mean, that's so much stuff. This country's in an epidemic. We're literally in a clutter crisis. I mean, I go into homes all the time where I'm like, you can't even use these two rooms. Like these are two perfectly good rooms that no one goes into because they've just become storage depots for stuff that no one uses, plays with, is broken, or no one can make a decision about. You <laughs> thank, know, and that's thank a the real good lord cost. I don't have that problem. It's <laughs> all out it goes. And if you do and you're listening to the show, look, there's no judging. There's no judging. I mean, you, you, every, no, everybody be who no, you no, are, no. but but if you're cluttery, yeah. you you know you're cluttered. You, I mean, deep down, if your well, stuff is cluttered, you know it, right? Right. And this is what I say to my, you know, my clients always say to me like, oh, my house is going to be the worst you've ever seen. And I'm like, um, I'm like, oh, absolutely not. Like not even close. You know, but what I tell people is by the time that you call me to get help or if you buy my book, um, you something isn't working for you. It's not about, oh, you're cluttered and I'm uncluttered. It's something in your life and your home isn't working. You know, it's taking you 10 minutes every day to find your keys. Well, if you add up 10 minutes a day, that's a weekend. So you spend a weekend a year looking for your keys. I don't want you doing that. I want you to go play golf. I want you to go to the movies. I want you to do something but look for your keys so it's about it's not about judging it's saying i want your life to go smoothly i want you to be able to get dressed in the morning without a lot of stress and start your day successful so absolutely no judgment here i want i want you to i want people to learn what's keeping them from living the life that they want to live so let me ask you a question in that respect i have two i have two questions that have now stemmed from your last comment so the first question I have is, what is the difference between like somebody who is hoarding stuff versus somebody who's just cluttery? That's a great question. So hoarding is an actual mental disorder. Um, it's an anxiety disorder. It's very similar to agoraphobia. It's okay. something that is, uh, you know, probably a chemical imbalance. I mean, the psychiatrists are all going to send me a, 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 you know, a tweet <laughs> saying I got I got it wrong. But it's an actual. It's an actual, you know, uh, they used to think for a long time they thought it was a symptom of OCD, but now they're realizing it's its own disorder, but on par with OCD. So it's a very real, very intense mental disorder. And if you have a family member or you are a hoarder, that's something that you need professional help. They've had great success with um Cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, there's some really great book by a Dr. David Tolin, T-O-L-I-N, Buried in Treasures, and that's its own animal. What I'm talking about, what I work with, are us everyday clutterers, right. people who just get too much stuff. We buy too much stuff. We hold on to too much stuff. You know, we're not 
we don't go into an anxiety attack every time we have to throw a yogurt container away, which could be an issue for a hoarder. So I, right. I, that I, may, I'm and that, glad that makes a lot asked, of sense. Yeah. yeah, and I'm glad you asked that question because this book, my book, is really for just those of us that are like, I just have too much stuff, man. I can't, I don't know. I don't know. So let's, so, let's, let's um, talk about that a little bit too. Like this, so, this so much stuff. And I'm, I, I can only draw from my experiences. And so I'm sure the listening audience is probably like, Oh, here he goes again. He's going to, he's going <laughs> to talk to her about him. Well, I, I can't ask any questions about other people other than myself. So, you know, I'll give you an example, right? Um, in, in, in your book, you talk about, there are, are specific reasons why um, a given person would be anxious about decluttering or getting rid of something. But, what about and, and I'm, I'm and this is something that I do right. I I have a tendency to go do laundry, right? And I'll I'll do all the laundry and then I will pour all the clothes on the couch and have every intention of sitting there and folding them and then I don't. And I'm just I've just told myself you're just you just don't like folding laundry. That's my problem. Right. Or or, or is that is that an underlying of any sort of emotional reason why I would want I would leave that there for two days before actually getting to it or am I just kidding myself i'm just being lazy with folding the laundry i mean you know i (laughs) to me i would put you under clutter block number three like avoiding being a grown-up it's like you know what there's just some stuff you have to do like you need to fold your laundry so it doesn't get wrinkled so it can go in the drawer so you can get dressed the next morning like it's like paying your bills you just gotta do some stuff so oh, see, lucky for me though, I always pull out the stuff that I have to wear. Like, cause all my other clothes, all my other clothes hang. Right. And so as soon right, as right, those right. come out of the dryer, right onto hangers immediately. And then the other stuff is just like socks. That's what it is. And I you, just don't like looking yeah, for pairs and, of socks. And, it, and, and it's also one of those <laughs> things where you're like, I know, you know, and it's also being, you know, a big part of what I talk about in the book is sort of our own personal accountability. Like for example, you know, working out for me i have tried i've done every version of like i'm gonna download this and i'm gonna work out at home and i'm gonna you know download the newest yoga app and do it at home i don't do it i've realized that for me to really work out in a way that i enjoy and i do it i have to overpay for a class that someone yells at me and i gotta go to soul cycle i show up to that (laughs) i love it i've just accepted i've just put my big girl pants on and i've just accepted and you know for you if it's like i don't like to fold laundry you go okay well maybe i you know put on the tv and do like do something that makes it a little more enjoyable and just you know and it's and it's also the longer you put those things off the worse they get right because then you walk by and you get to beat yourself up oh there's the unfolded laundry haven't gotten (laughs) to that yet i'm a loser (laughs) (laughs) so it's just about like just pull your yeah just pull yourself just fold your laundry you know because you feel better when it's put away no you do and i do and you're you're 100 correct it's like you you know the small wins they're helpful for your for your psyche they're very helpful. You know, I'm psyche. sure I'm sure you've talked about this before or, you know, it seems like a subject your listeners would be. But there was that uh, I think he was a rear admiral or something in the Navy and he gave this commencement speech and he talked about making your bed every morning. I don't know if you've seen I have this. seen that. And, I have. Yep. Yeah. And it's great. It's like the, it's like the first task of the day you set your set for yourself. You're successful. And it's it's it is. It's those little wins. It's like, OK, you 
you know, you do the dishes in the sink and yes, you, that means you're not going to have ants, but it's also like, you're not going to wake up the next morning to a sink full of dishes. Cause that doesn't, you're like, ugh, I'm already starting the day behind. Yeah. Do you know how uh, awesome it was this morning? Like my wife and I, we made dinner last night. My wife is an excellent cook. She made this fantastic stew, right? And we got done with dinner. Mm. We got to put all the dishes and put it away. My daughter is one of two ways in the morning. She's either like, I just want some fruit and uh, some milk and that's breakfast or it's full blown dad I want some eggs and some bacon and all you know right <laughs> so yeah, right, it's either right, it's either right. all the way on or just a little bit of fruit and so this morning it happened to be like uh, she she had a nightmare last night and ended up in our bed uh, and so woke up this morning and I looked at her and I'm like you want bacon this morning don't you and she says yep and it was just felt so good to be able to walk into the kitchen my whole entire kitchen was clean all the dishes were done from the night before grab that pan get to going and I mean like 15 minutes I had breakfast ready to go and like that was like a good win for me as a dad in the morning right I felt yeah, invigorated because just, I was able to do that for my family Exactly. And you know that, you know, probably after you cook the meal, like the doing of the dishes, you know, maybe it took 15 minutes and then you start the day like, oh, here we go. was able to make everybody breakfast. Everybody got a healthy breakfast. Like we're ready to go. That's one of the things that I talk to people about with like closets. Like, look, I, you know, of course everyone wants a beautifully color quoted, quoted, um, you know, closet, but it's also about the closet and your clothes are a tool. You know, you know, you ride a motorcycle and so you I imagine, you know, you got to do a little tinkering and make sure it's running right. There's nothing better than when you're like, oh, I know exactly where my screwdriver is. I know exactly right. where my Allen wrench is. I know where to get. It's the same thing with your clothes. Like, I know where my socks are. I know where my T-shirts are. Like, it means that you get out of bed in the morning, you get dressed and you're not in a scramble. I always describe clutter as a constant to-do list, right? You look at your clutter and you're like, I have got to deal with that. We have so much we have to deal with already that it's just one more thing. So it's really this thing that seems kind of small and like, oh, I'm just a little bit messy, but it has these tentacles that reach into kind of how, you know, other ways that you live your life. Well, and I think little wins, like as we were just talking about, I think little wins in the in the space of decluttering are really helpful too because I think if you if you look at any project or anything that you want to go and tackle if you say uh, an, an example like my wife and I want to sell our house in the next couple of years and so one of the first things that you do before you sell a house is you declutter what you have because you got to have people come over they got to view it you got to stage it you can't have a bunch of stuff around everything's got to be nice and clean right it's got to uh, uh, at that Absolutely. point at that yeah, point your home you're, when you make the decision to sell your home, it no longer is your home. It's now this physical asset that you've got to dress up, right, and, and have it ready to go so you can get the most amount of uh, value out of that asset that you have. And so as you go through the declutter, and my wife and I were talking about this last night, it's a daunting task to think about. You have to go through, you know, 2,000 square feet, four bedrooms of house and a garage. When you think about it like that, it is an overwhelming task of decluttering. But if you take a step back, right, and you go, hey, you know, I'm going to start the process of decluttering this weekend. I'm going to do my bathroom next weekend. I'm right. going to do that room. And you and you take it a little chunk at a time and move your way through what your plan is. It doesn't become so daunting. You get those little wins to keep you propelled being forward. Very similar to what Dave Ramsey talks about when you're in debt. You always debt snowball. You pay off your smallest debt first because you need a little win. Right. Right. And it's exactly the same. Exactly. And it's the same thing with, it, it, you're so right. It's the same thing with decluttering. And also what I see happen is you get that little win and you realize how 
um, lighter you feel, how sort of everything's a little easier. It's so easy to find that flashlight. It's so easy to get the pair of socks you want. And you go like, oh, this feels really good. You know what? Let me tackle that horrible linen closet. Let me, you know, it starts to snowball because it feels fantastic. And I think, you know, there's that expression, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? It's the same thing. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. you know, I get, I get calls from people and they're like, so we decided to declutter and we pulled everything out of every drawer and it's all in the middle of the room and it has been for six weeks. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, and we're busy, you know, it's, it's, I think we have to be realistic about our times and we also have to go easy on ourselves. Like we, you know, if you are someone that clutter is an issue, decluttering is not going to be easy. It's going to, it's, first of all, it's physical, like it's actual work. And it's emotional. You are confronting. A client said to me the other day, she said, wow, nothing like your clutter to make you confront your crazy. You talk about those emotional pieces, right? Like you feel so good when you actually do accomplish, um, you know, a bit of decluttering and you have a, a, a win underneath your belt. But I think there's a there's a monetary gain to be had in some respects, too, with decluttering, because and uh, I just recently did something similar where I, I have a studio at my house. And so I'm going through all this old audio equipment that I had. Right. And just like you had mentioned earlier, I had some stuff that was in my closet in the studio room uh, that literally hadn't been touched for a couple of years. And I just did a quick assessment. I'm like, oh, you know, I got a, a, a new a new piece of technology that does that. That's the reason why I even and had that in the first place that's now obsolete so I started to, to go through the room and as I got through the room I realized I had a whole bunch of really cool stuff that I could sell on Craigslist or on Facebook marketplace that I was able to actually uh, uh, take my decluttering efforts so I had this activity I had to do I felt good that I got decluttered and then I turned around and made a couple hundred dollars uh, over the next couple of weeks by selling those items that I needed to get rid of Absolutely. And Ryan, the other thing that people don't take, there's that component is fantastic. And the other component that people don't take into account is that your clutter is continues to cost you money, right? So if there's a room in your house that you can't use because it's become the this dumping ground, well, your real estate has a value. So there's a part of your house that you're paying for that you don't get to use. Or if you are, your garage is so full that you have to park your car in the street, you know, that's a chance that your car is going to get broken into, wear and tear on the car. You know, once you buy something, it's like you've got to pay to maintain it. you got to pay to store it. Then you've got to pay somebody to haul it away. Like <laughs> cost keep, stuff keeps costing us, you know, down the road. And I think people don't, they think, oh, I paid for it. You know, oh, I got it on sale. It was such a good deal. And I'm like, yeah, but where are you going to put it? Like if it's such a good deal, it's in the middle of your living room. Like, well, it costs you twice. You? It, to it costs you twice that way. It costs you. You have to store it, and then you, even though it was on sale and it costs less than what it normally was, you still spent money on it. Absolutely, I know. Somebody said to me about a pair of shoes. They're like, "Oh my golly, they're you know four hundred dollar pair of shoes on sale for you know two hundred dollars," and I'm like, "They're like, I saved two hundred dollars," and I was like, "Well, no, you spent two hundred dollars." Like you didn't save anything. Yeah, and what we and what we money. didn't talk about was the fact that the woman probably had like fifteen pairs of shoes in her closet that she may not have even worn yet because those were all on sale before too. And you right. you struck a hot chord with me on shoes. I can't even walk into my closet because my wife has so many shoes. I know it's it's crazy. Luckily, and you know, we I have always two tell closets. people. I always tell people <laughs> to think about when they travel. You know, I'm like, think about when you go on vacation for a week. You you know, you pack a suitcase and you 
you're great. You don't even think about it. You're like, oh, you know, they get home and you're like, what do I have all these shoes for? Like, what is happening? We have too much. We have too much stuff. I, I, I don't know if you guys have talked at all um, on the show about something called decision fatigue. Have you talked about that topic at all? Um, we've talked about it, but not necessarily framed it as that uh, that verbiage decision fatigue, but we've, you know, we've right. talked about, you know, the apprehension of pulling the trigger for sure. This is a little different. This is, they've done studies and they found that, um, the part of the brain that makes decisions gets tired faster than the rest of the brain. And when it gets tired, it defaults to making bad decisions. So it's why you wake up in the morning, you're all refreshed and you're like, today will be a, That's a terrible know, default. Chicken. Yeah, it's terrible. It's not good. We're like, huh, humanity. We could have done better on that one. You know, you wake up in the morning, you're like, today I'm going to have grilled chicken and steamed broccoli. And then by the end of the night, when you're exhausted, you're like, why am I eating a pepperoni pizza? You're like, like oh, this yeah. you're like, yeah, you're like, no, so, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, I, this wasn't the decision I want to make. So it's things like, you know, um, so many like Barack Obama and, and Einstein, you know, they only wore this like black, gray, and white, because they just took that decision off their plate. And what I say to people is, if you have a lot of clutter, everything is a decision for you. You know, where does this live? Do I need to move this? Should I wear this? Should I get, you know, you're just constantly putting yourself in decision fatigue so that you just stop making any decisions and the stuff just starts to pile up. How, you do, know, you, how do you rest that so you can get back to making proper decisions? I think that's super important. I mean, that probably of all of the things that we talked about, that particular portion is extremely important because if you continue to make bad decisions and you don't rest that, then how do you ever start to make good decisions? I mean, I think that, you know, I think for my clients who are really dealing with clutter, it was getting becoming aware of what their emotional components were. Does, you know, in my book, the seven of, clutter blocks to why you can't let go of your stuff. So for them, it was getting rid of the, figuring out why they couldn't let go of the clutter, then getting rid of the clutter and then living a less cluttered life. So they took a whole bunch of decisions off their plate. You know, it's a lot of times where they'll tell, especially if you're sort of trying to lose weight or, you know, in that space, they say like, eat the same thing every day. Cause you just, you know how many calories it is, you know, you like it, you're taking that decision off your plate. And that's what I, for my clients, it's like, let's take all this literal stuff out of your life so you don't have to decide about it anymore. And you free your brain up for the really important decisions. Wow, that's awesome. I'm going to go home and light some stuff on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, that way it'll be God, probably the whole garage minus the motorcycle. No, don't, don't do that. I'm just joking. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Just the, just the Legos, just, the, just Legos. the Legos. And and I think, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you were talking about um, your wife's stuff with the, her grandmothers and, you know, I think as a, as a family and um, you know, it's kind of looking at like, Hey, maybe it's time, you know, these boxes have been here for four years, two years we're, you know, we're thinking of selling the house. Like maybe we, this weekend we open a couple boxes and see what's yeah. inside of them and have her, you know, go look, I know it's going to be hard and, you know, but let's maybe let's see if we really want to pay to move this stuff to another house or cause sometimes if things have been in boxes for a while, people open up and they're like, wait, why did I even keep that? Like what, what, you know, <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. So it's about, you know, giving the people that we love support and go like, Hey, let's look at this. Let's revisit this. 
Yeah, and you know what? That's a that's a good point that you made, and I think I'm going to try that. I'm also going to talk, you know, also remind her about, um, you know, the few hundred dollars I was able to make selling some of the stuff that I had in my studio. And I think if we take the approach, maybe of, uh, you know, talking about, hey, you know, we're going to be moving. We need to start the process of going through these boxes, going through a couple of them. But on top of that, it's like, hey, any of the stuff that you don't want, maybe we can sell it, and that can go towards you getting some fish for your fish tank or whatever, right? Exactly. And also, you know, I, one of the things for pe- uh, people I work with who letting go can be difficult. Um, another amazing thing is that if you, you know, let's say it doesn't have a big resale value or what you would get for it is maybe not worth the time to list it on Facebook Marketplace, uh, but you donate it to someone you know could use it. That for people is like, you know, one of the big things that we do is you know, we get um, old sheets and towels from clients and, you know, they're like, oh, I'm just going to throw it away. And I'm like, oh, well, do you mind? We, I take it to the <laughs> animal rescue shelter. Yeah. And they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I'll just, I take a load once a month. And they're like, oh, no, here, here's more. Here's more, you know. And so that if you know that it's going to somebody who could need it and will use it, it's, it makes it so much easier for people to let go. Yeah, listeners, uh, you guys are tuned in to Finding Your Frequency. We'll be talking to uh, Tracy McCubbin. She is an author of a fantastic book. We're talking about all things clutter. Uh, don't forget her book's going to be coming out on June 4th, Making Space Clutter-Free, the last book on decluttering you'll ever need. Definitely go check that out. Uh, Tracy, thank you for joining us today. Guys, if you're listening on podcast, make sure you give us uh, five stars because five stars are better than four. Uh, again, you guys are tuned in to Finding Your Frequency right here on Voice America. We're going to continue the conversation uh, with Tracy. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This week on The Revolution, the boys will dish firearm tips and offer opportunities for getting kids and parents outdoors and teaching them basic outdoor skills. Our pro panel includes Michael Bain of the Best Defense and Shooting Gallery, Derek Ratliff of Horizon Firearms, and Joshua Peters, a Potawatomi Community Resource Officer. Jim and Trav's Guide to the Outdoors is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do you understand your feline friends as well as you'd like? Why do they behave the way they do? If behavior issues get out of hand, how do you fix things? Get the answers and more when you listen to Cat Talk Radio with host Molly DeVos. We'll give you the straight facts, offer some tried and tested ideas, and alert you as to what's being done in this country and worldwide to save cats and shelter challenges. Cat Talk Radio on Voice America Variety. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? 
Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. So, Tracy, I want to just kind of, you know, flip the script just a little bit and, and, and talk about the kids, right? We, we mentioned that a little bit before about as you have children, you get more clutter um, as that comes around. But, you know, I, I told you before, I just stopped buying my kids stuff because we have, uh, you know, lots of grandmas and aunts and all that kind of stuff that every time we would go to a birthday party, there would literally be. I'm, I'm sure you've witnessed this. It's like the most insane thing. You go there with like, hey, I got my daughter one thing. And then you mm-hmm. come, you, I, I literally came, I, I, have a, I drive a four-door, a four-door pickup truck, a, a Chevy Silverado. I literally went home that, that night after her birthday party, the whole entire back of my truck, not the bed, but the, 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 you know, the second row seat, uh-huh. every, the whole thing was full. There was a kid in the back in a car seat and then the rest of the whole inside was all filled with these presents. And I'm going and that's when I made the decision I am not buying her anything else yeah I I I, um, I have a lot of clients who have sort of raised their children to believe that parents don't buy children presents because they're like we have you know we have four sets of grandparents or whatever you know the, the blended family is and they're like so we have told our kids we don't buy presents and they are never lacking for presents right and you know and what people don't what people forget is you know you have a five-year-old you know they need they need to know where the boundaries of the world are to feel safe, right? They need to know the boundaries so that they can go beyond them and develop. And if they are inundated with toys, it's visually too much for them. It's way too much stimulus. It's not healthy and it's about something else. You know, I see so many of my parents who feel guilty about working and have the kids in childcare that they're, you know, going out and buying like the newest Ninjago Lego thing and and it's like you know really your kid just wants you to spend a couple hours on a Saturday morning like it doesn't the stuff isn't going to make up for it and it's you know life is what it is and we have to work and that's what happens but the stuff is not a substitute when you said the kids wanted to spend a couple hours with you on a Saturday that just it made me chuckle because I was referencing an earlier comment that you made about uh, you know your 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 exercise routine, knowing that you needed somebody to yell at you. So <laughs> what's really funny is I'm kind of the same way. I have every intention. I get up at five o'clock in the morning. I have time. I could go like do some exercises and all that before six, before the rest of the family gets up and probably be fine. But I don't. I find myself you know, reading articles, right, <laughs> scrolling through Facebook. Uh, doing the dishes, whatever, <laughs> anything to not work out. And so two years ago, I said, how am I going to get myself on a workout plan? Oh, you know what it did? You just volunteer to be the coach of every sporting activity that your child wants to do. And then you get two things. You get forced into physical activity several times a week and you get this amazing time with your kids. It's it's a win-win, right? It's yes. a win-win. That's my, that's my, top, it, that's my point for the day. <laughs> I love, no, I love it. And that, you know, and that's the thing where I think we, the way the world is right now and for us especially, it's, you got to find the, you got to find the things that do double duty, right? You're like, okay, 
I don't like folding laundry, but I'm going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> and it's about this topic that's interesting. I'm going to fold laundry at the same time. I'm going to coach my kids thing because then I get to spend time with my kid and I get to, you know, run around on the field. And I, and I think we have to, you know, this is where we have exactly that you have to find the things that are sort of taking you a little bit further and not making us feel bad and guilty which is find, just what I think so much so many of us walk around feeling I find watching time. ancient aliens is a great program <laughs> while folding laundry note tip of the day <laughs> yeah it's not 90 day fiance for me that's my okay. show <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then if anybody asks if my boyfriend asks I go Oh, no, I was just folding laundry. I don't know. This just happened to be on. I didn't. Yeah, and my <laughs> wife will just be like, oh, no, I'm folding laundry, and I'm also watching the same Game of Thrones episode we watched on Sunday for the fifth time this week. Looking for the Starbucks cup. Oh, I was she, like, did, no, she already did, found, nobody de- no, did nobody declutter that set? What oh, it's happened? so funny. She's, t- she's telling me this morning, too, about Game of Thrones because this new, uh, you know, the next episode airs on Sunday, and we're on the we're on the car on the way to work this morning and she's explaining to me this whole conspiracy theory about these and I'm like how do you know that and I'm like wait today's Thursday oh you've seen the same episode now three times four times because <laughs> that's like her thing she does that every day after work she comes home and she watches she, she finds something new and she's the biggest Game of Thrones fans and I fan I love her for that she's amazing and uh, I got introduced to the show and at first I didn't like it and now it's just like I can't not watch it and it's fantastic I know I was a late comer <laughs> I'm with you I was a late comer yeah, my oh, wife yeah, would say, go I read the it. books. Because uh-huh. the, book, well. the books are so much better, she says, than the actual television series. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that they couldn't, you know, put into kind of like a film perspective that they left out. Uh, that's fantastic. It, 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 it's, it, it may be one of those things later in life, but right now I'm like, okay, you know, you're sort of juggling it all. It's like, I'm running my business. I got this book coming out. Like <laughs> something, you know, something, something, some things are going to give. And right now reading is unfortunately off to the side. So oh, that's yeah. for me, it's, po- it's podcast. I have a like, clutter oh. of, I have a clutter of books on the side of my nightstand uh, next to my bed that I'm, I'm, you know, oh, wow, this is a great book. I get people, you know, books from authors and, and interviews that we do and you know a lot of times I try my best to at least read you know spot read a few sections of the book so that way I at least know what I'm talking about and then I have every intention because these authors are so great to go read their book and I have a stack of books on the side of my nightstand I haven't read I know I know I've tried I try Ryan I keep uh, I try and limit it to two two by my nighttime because I feel like if I go to bed and I look at the stack of books that I want to slash should read, I go to bed feeling guilty and I go to bed feeling overwhelmed. So I just keep two and the rest are, you know, somewhere else on my bookshelf because, you know, it's a, it, I just wrote an article actually about, about, you know, decluttering your bedroom for better sleep. I'm like, you don't want to walk in to go to sleep in your to-do list, right? You don't want to lay down and all the things I have to get done. Yeah, no, that's a really good point and probably something for me as a husband to keep in mind to not talk about my to my wife. She hates this. I'm such a planner and like I can think about, okay, I have 15 things that I need to do tomorrow, right? And before I'm going to bed, I'm t- reminding myself what I need to do tomorrow so I will not forget and I'll remember. My wife is completely the opposite. She's like, I don't want to deal with tomorrow till tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a you. I'm, I actually might sort of last, uh, I make my last task of the day. I do my... Uh, to-do list. I kind of update it from the day before and then I can put it to 
rest and go to sleep like, all right, I know what I have to do Monday morning. I, I do it on Sunday nights and I do it at the end of every work day. And it just, I just can let it go. And it's like, okay, now I can go to a spin class. Like now I can watch Game of Thrones. Like now I know. I'm like you, I gotta yeah, do you put know it how, to bed. Do you know how amazing when the Amazon Alexa came out and it's like you can have a bunch of different kind of to-do lists and then you can name those to-do lists, different lists. And I went, oh man, this is going to be really bad for my wife. <laughs> right, or better because then you're telling Alexa and not her right and so <laughs> no. I have I've, and, I, and now we have like five or six different lists inside of there um, and it has actually it's been helpful too with you know with my my daughter teaching her some structure with her day-to-day routine too because I can bring up you know Marley's daily to-do list and it's the same thing every day but it's like hey did you do those here oh go check your list and she asks Alexa to show her the list and we have the the video one so you can see the list and then she reads it off and then she gets excited because she's gotten, you know, three of the five things done and she's only got a couple more left. And the last one is brush your teeth. Um, and so uh, that's always exciting because you get to brush your teeth and who doesn't get excited with the feeling of a clean mouth? <laughs> of clean teeth. But it's also it's such a great parenting tip. And it's also a great way, I think, that we can parent and, you know, make ourselves be better adults is, you know, to complete a task and to get ourselves in habit. I, you know, one of the things I, I always do with clients is it's just like you have a place where every day when you come through the door where your keys go, like your keys in your wallet or whatever, you know, your purse or so that you just that's where it goes. You've completed that task and you know where to look for it. Right. We're trying to take as much as we can out of our head so that we can focus on being present when we sit down to dinner with our family or read the book or, you know, we are so multitasking in our brains all the time that for me, that's the huge part of clutter. Like, let's remove that visual stuff so that you're not being bombarded and you can focus and you can show up in your own life. Do you think that uh, that parents who, uh, actually, let me rephrase that. Do you think that children who grow up in a household that might have more clutter than is necessary, is there a detriment to that kid do they get automatically deemed as if you grow up with parents that have a little bit of clutter, you're ultimately going to be cluttery as well? Or is that something that, you know, those kids, when they move on or whatever, they'll learn on their own and vice versa, right? Is it the opposite way too? If someone's house is, they grow up and they're like really, really clean um, and everything's all nice. Does that kid have a tendency to stay clean or do they move towards clutter when they get on their own? You know, it's funny with people who the adults I've worked with who grew up in very cluttered homes, they tend to feel um, a little out of control of their own lives. Like they're like, I just never learned how to do this. Right. They're like, I just never learned how to put my clothes away or I just never learned. So they even if they want to go the other direction, they feel like they weren't given the skills. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a it's really similar to kids who grow up with parents who don't cook, right? So they don't know what's in the ingredients. They don't see food being made. They tend to eat unhealthy because they don't know the components. And that's what I see with people who go up, grow up with cluttered parents. And the opposite, people who grow up with um, uh, very, very neat house, either they sort of fall into the camp of they keep it that way and it makes them crazy to not, or if they were made to feel badly about maybe being a little more cluttery, then they kind of can go the other direction and be like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, my mom always told me, I mean, there's a lot of shame around yeah. it, right? How we kept our rooms. And so I think it's, you know, what I always tell people is, look, we got to look at what works 
and doesn't work for you. Doesn't matter what your parents did. Doesn't matter what your neighbor down the street did. Doesn't matter what Instagram's doing. What works for you? I mean, I think Ryan, you know, your story today of like waking up to a clean kitchen, a tidy, neat kitchen and being able to cook a great breakfast for your daughter. That's a win. That's what we want, right? You got a few. Except you know, I got to do the dishes moments. when I get home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alexa, Alexa, do the dishes, please. Alexa. <laughs> I know. Why? You know, they got the Roomba, right? The Roomba goes and vacuums your house for you, so you don't have to do that. Why can't we have, uh, oh, wait, it's called a dishwasher. We do have that, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think, you know, I think people, if you're a cluttery adult, I think you definitely need to look back at sort of the conversations that ha- took place and you know what? And really the question you want to ask yourself is what's working and what isn't working for me? You know, where can I make my life run smoother so I can get more out of life? Absolutely. Well, Tracy, I really appreciate you joining us on finding your frequency today and talking about all things clutter and declutter and, you know, uh, uh, sharing some of your stories from your clients. Uh, Tell our listeners where they can find out more about you. And of course, the book's going to be coming out on June 4th. So we want to make sure those folks can go get a copy of that and tell them where that is. And then I know you also uh, you're in the Los Angeles area uh, and you have your own company, right, called Declutterfly. Let people know how they can get in touch with you uh, if they want to use your services. Absolutely. So I'm all over social media and it's really easy. I'm just at Tracy McCubbin, which is M-C-C-U-B-B-I-N. That's my website also. Um, so I'm super easy to find on social media. I have a, I'm pretty active, so I love to hear from people. And then if you're interested in decluttering services, you can go to my website, Declutterfly. Dot com or you can reach out to me on social media and we all I also travel I just got back from Santa Barbara and New York so if you have clutter outside of Los Angeles I'm happy to talk to you about it awesome well thank you so much we really appreciate it and you know how easy she is to find on social media I can tell you how easy as she was telling you guys where her social media was I already sent her a LinkedIn request boom that's how easy it is so guys go check her out all over <laughs> social media Tracy thank you so much again for joining us on Finding Your Frequency and again if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast destination please make sure that you like you share it all over social media give us a, a five star review let your friends know about the radio show we really appreciate all you guys out there uh, who listen to the radio show and tune in next week we'll have some more fantastic guests right here on Finding Your Frequency from the Voice America Talk Radio Network.